This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessories, Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Down with Drew Gregory. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I made it back from Lacrosse, Wisconsin. You know, enjoyed my time there. First time there, so pretty excited about uh, this tournament and how we're gonna, you know, talk about it tonight, man. With the uh, with the champ. Hey, well, let's let's get him in here, Mr. Matthew yeah. Brandon himself. Yeah, let's jump right into it because he's driving and he's got signal now. So let's let's see if we can make it happen. Right on. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Yeah, not much, man. Just uh, you know, doing well. Cast a check in the tournament, but not as well as you, my friend. <laughs> I, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna dig in. <laughs> we're gonna dig into that and, and prove to everyone listening and what or watching, you know, uh, that you did not get lucky at all, man. You know what you're doing. So. Um, Hey, real quick, you know, I, I think a lot of people out there probably know uh, Amanda, you know, your wife, because she, she works with KBF and it's a big part of, I mean, when you look back at the history of the kayak fishing, I think she's going to be a name that's right up there with a lot of people because she does so much behind the scenes and people are, you know, really you know, learning that and they really know that, you know, because she's so active. But a lot of folks don't know as much about you. So real quickly, before we get into the tournament, just share with us. How many national tournaments do you even fish a year? And, and then on top of that, how many local stuff do you, do you get to? Um, not so much anymore. Um, I've been fishing KBF since 2000, 
2010. When did we have the first one, Sandy Cooper? You were there. Um, you cashed a check in that yeah. one. Yeah. You took second behind Tony Yang. I so, did, man. I actually, another another tire. <laughs> yep. Yep, you were there. So you've been doing it for a while, but you're not like as – as frequent as some of the other names. Cause you know, you got a, a full-time job obviously. And, yep. and you can t- touch on that. You know, it's a pretty important full-time job. You can touch on that, but, uh, sound, but do you do, do you fish any local stuff? Um, I do. I fish some of the KBF online stuff. Um, I helped, I haven't fished any of the Yakima stuff lately, but uh, that's a club in California that I helped start uh, when I was actually stationed there before. Um, Still fish some of the uh, half a spot regionals, um, some of the fishing chaos uh, benefit tournaments. Just signed up for another one, a thin blue line. This one to uh, benefit first responders. Um, but as far as trails, I don't get out very much anymore because of my job. I'm in the Coast Guard. Um, I was kind of excited when I got orders to the East Coast in 2000. I guess 18, um, going back to South Carolina, I thought I was going to be able to be more involved, but I was on a ship out of Charleston, um, and it just didn't work out. I was gone. <laughs> I feel like I was gone more than I was home. Um, I think the only one I got to fish there, I fished the KBF event on Santee Cooper, and I fished Gunnersville, the WS on Gunnersville. But, I mean, other than that, I, I have been gone from the national scene for a little while. We're looking forward to being yeah. back on land now. So we made the drive out to fish the lacrosse, going to the TOC down in Ufala. Um, I won't fish the uh, national championship this year. I just don't have them off. And between driving from California all the way back to the, all these tournaments is a little tough. So I have to pick and choose. Yeah, for sure. Do you think you'll get ever get moved back east? Uh, that's the plan. So I'm supposed to be in California until 2024, but I'm actually going to put in for a recruiter job. Uh, I don't know where it would be yet, but that recruiter job would get me back to the central part of the country or the East Coast where I've, I got a little more availability to get out and fish tournaments. Yeah, right. Or maybe California secedes from the Union and it's a whole other country and then you can't even live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Off. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's get into you know before we lose you, uh, signal. Let's get into this tournament real quick. Um, you know, you shared briefly at the results show. You know how you caught your fish, and I know we don't want to keep it too long. You're trying to make moves on the road, so you know. But give us a little bit more than obviously you had time to do with the results. Tell us a little bit about your your tournament. Uh, I don't need to. We don't need to go into day one and day two and all that and all the details, but. You know what I'm saying. Just quickly just break down the area you found your fish and, and how you patterned them to, to find such a pattern that caught the bigger fish that, you know, obviously gave you the win. Okay. Um, so I practiced uh, three days. I fished pool I fished pool eight with Katie Baca one day, and then uh, I ended up down at nine for my other two days of practice. Um, got up in the marsh. I'm not a smallmouth guy, so I started targeting largemouth. Um, I grew up on a river system in South Carolina that fishes a lot like what lacrosse did. Uh, and paralleling grass lines is always, you know, if you're, if you're searching, paralleling grass lines is the way to go to find your fish. Uh, I got lucky and came upon a big school. I was getting bit every cast. Um, if you threw out and had a fish hit and it pulled off, another one would hit it instantly. So I knew there was a group there. So I bailed from that spot and left it alone. Um, went and found two other areas that had bigger fish in it. Um, 
similar areas for seams, grass lines with sand, hard bottom patches. The trick was come tournament day, one of them was blown out by chocolate milk even on day one. So I lost that spot. Uh, my other spot was an island that had current going around both sides of it. It was an island that was in the marsh, not in the main river. So it was shallower water. I was only fishing like four foot deep and still concentrating on grass lines. So I found those two schools that basically they made up my tournament. Um, when did you find initial, them? What, what was, practice uh, day? So on, I fished Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for practice. Wednesday, I found the island. Thursday, I found that big school that I ended up sitting on for the tournament. Right. Did, do you remember ever watching the Red Crest, uh, the very first Red Crest at Lacrosse, when Edwin Evers uh, caught a fish on every cast pretty much for like yep. 30 casts? Sure uh, that, When you were talking on stage of the results, I thought about that. I said, I know there's schools like that out there. Dude, tr I had six fish, six bites on the second day. So, like, I was searching for that school. You know, my <laughs> stuff got blown out. I was searching for it. I was blessed that they were good bites, and it, and it obviously snuck me in the money. Um, but I did lose three giant fish on day one. But anyway, I didn't. I never found the school of quite that size that you did, but that's exactly what I know lives there, and it's just unbelievable. That's, that's what I told him. Man, it was one of those dream spots. I mean, I, I lucked into it. I was going down a grass line. I had a loop on a reel, so I threw it out to open water. Uh, that cast happened to go across the end of a point where two creeks came together, and I got smoked on that shock blade. And that's I just basically sat there and tried to figure out exactly where the fish were positioned. The current scene was real obvious. Um, once I figured out that hard bottom, they were sitting on the backside of that grass bed and hard bottom. It made it real easy to pick them off. Um, day one, I mean, that was it was gold, and I didn't want to beat them up too bad on day one. I was hoping, hoping that I had enough fish there. I had no idea it was in that spot. Uh, so I sat there and got 81 inches on day one. And day two, I mean, they held out. I, it was incredible. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a school that big. I mean, I probably caught yeah. 120 fish making the same exact cast nonstop. It's, un, it's, it's not normal, dude. Yeah, it's not yeah. normal. It was that, incredible. crazy. It, dude, that, you, you know, have you ever heard the phrase, guys? I'm sure a lot of you guys have, but when they say that 90% of the fish are in 10% of the water, like you, you just found that it's, you know, you actually found the 1% of the 10% that really yeah. they're, they're yeah. in because it was one cast, but that's just remarkable. It makes me think of the ocean or it makes me think of like, you know, some just crazy stuff. I don't know. You just don't see that in, in bass fisheries very right. often. You see it with big schools of ocean fish. You don't see it with bass, maybe the big lakes like Kentucky Lake and the lakes where they school up on the ledges or in the summer or whatever. But it's like a needle on a haystack sort of thing. And, and that's, that's really cool, man, that you found it. That's, that's pretty awesome. Now, did it you ever to see the other? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Be amazing. Was there any other anglers in the area when, when you were catching these fish or any bass boats show up and, and find that spot? Or did you actually find None. something that nobody, but could a bass boat have easily gotten there? Oh, absolutely. I was yeah. just off of the main Mississippi river channel. Um, probably not more than, 200 yards and it was up a main feeder creek and every time i heard a boat i know they had a big tournament at a launch where i put in on day two and every time i heard a boat went down the river i was like oh man here it comes you know i'm gonna have somebody sitting on me never yeah. saw anybody never had a boat i had a couple duck hunters come through uh, my second spot the island um you know they were scouting but i mean nobody fishing i never saw another boat fishing never saw another kayak fishing i only had one other kayaker put in at the launch that i was using 
That's awesome, man. That's, that's like my dream come true. When when you're like the only one there, or maybe one other person, that's it. And and you got all that wild stuff ahead of you. You know that, you know they're probably not going to your area, and you and you probably got it. So that's that's really cool, man. Definitely, definitely cool. Heck yeah, uh, Brian, do you got any uh any questions uh for Matthew here? No, man. I mean, I know it was super interesting up there because the whole weather and water level changed. I mean, Oof. so. Um, I, I actually had a phone call with Jeremiah Burrish today and he was talking about that exact thing. He's like, I was on fish and then the water just came up so quick. I mean, you said the one spot got blown out, but for the most part, you said your fish weren't really affected from, from all that rain. Right. So three spots, I mean, obviously up there, the Mississippi river is huge. I was yeah. fishing a marsh area, but that part of the river from the, what would it be? The Wisconsin side to the Minnesota side, I guess. It's got to be two and a half miles across. And sure. I had a spot on each side and then one dead in the center. Um, the spot on the Wisconsin side ended up getting blown out. There was a, a creek that runs into the Mississippi over yeah. there. And it, that water came up. It was chocolate milk. There were still fish there on day one. Uh, they were not my fish that was on the shuckweed. Uh, they moved up into the grass, that really thick grass that was mixed with the duckweed. And I was able to pull fish out of there on a, uh, a Zoom horny fish on top. But they were all small, 15, 15 and a half, so nothing I could upgrade with. Uh, and that first school that I found, it was a lot of small fish. I did not expect to be able to get enough. I didn't expect to get the inches out of that school to win. And for some reason on day two, it held out. I had those smallmouth that I started catching on day two, which I thought was odd because I hadn't had any smallmouth up until that point. Um, and they were good size. I think I had a 17, I think I had a 17 and a quarter inch smallmouth out of that same size. Yeah, so. yeah. Dude, well, to me, I'll tell you what I, my theory is more cur- with the water coming up, more current. That was a stronger current seam. And and the smallmouth are notorious for moving. Just ask Christine Fisher, who caught a, a double <laughs> on a pencil popper, a 17 and a yeah. half and an 18 the day before uh, the tournament, went back to the same spot and they were gone. So I think that that swifter water picking up smallmouth kind of moved over there a little bit more you know what i'm saying i mean not that you're sounds like it was a pretty good current seam it was moving water already so I mean, there may have been smallmouth there but I, I think it just may have attracted more maybe sure. right position yeah, more to pull I, in there i mean it was, it was just a perfect storm for me because I, I know that current the the rising water and the muddier water had to affect those guys on the main river when i was talking to jeff Mallow about it last night on another uh, recording and, and even he said, you know, his fish just went away. And had it not been for that, I'm sure somebody could have sat on that main river and got some of those big brown fish, huh? and they would have had me easy. Because by no means was I catching giants. I think my average fish over two days was like 16 and a half. I mean, it's, it's just not much, especially in an area that has big smallmouth. Yep. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. I was on some, you know, I caught 17-inch fish every day, and then, you know, the first day of the term, I, w- I wasn't able to land any because uh, some of my areas got blown out, you know, and then yep. I had to go to another. Now, like I said, I lost three that were over 18 inches on the first day. So I, I had the bites. It was my own my own fault. But um, uh, I can't complain, man. Uh, anyway, but uh, it was just a weird tournament because things I feel like for a lot of events this year, whether it's been a Hobie or a KBF, there's been a lot of events where the rain and the weather came on Friday, the day before the tournament, and you could have just showed up uh, without any pre-fishing and been just as good as anyone who, who pre-fished right. the whole week. Uh, and you just had to wing it. So that's actually on day two. I winged it and just fished new water because I'd never been there before. 
So I just drove around and explored new stuff and said, Hey, worst case, I pre-fish for the next year or something. So that was my strategy. You froze a little bit on us there, Matthew. You there? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He might come yeah, back in. Yeah, yeah. All right, good, good. You froze a little bit on the yeah, the here, video feed, but you're back. You're back. Cool. But anyway, it was it was definitely I'm a crazy bit. Now, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, real quick, um, what was your setup? Your rod and reel setup for the? Uh, it was a vibrating jig. It's the shock blade. And that was your main, that did the main bulk of it. And did you ever have to switch baits to get to trigger them? Or did they just keep eating the same exact bait? Every cast you made. Day one, it was all the shock blade. I didn't have to swap at all. Day two, when I went in there that morning, I had a few hit of shock blade, but a short strike and it weren't picking it up. The water was definitely quite a bit muddier. Um, I just, on a whim, I was like, you know what? I said, let's slow down a little bit, put on a dark jig. I put on a, a, uh, Picasso dock rocket jig. It's a real small profile, three eighths ounce, Arky style head. So it'll come to that grass uh, and slow down. I put a big D bomb on the back of it, started dipping the, the claws in chartreuse, uh, spike it. And you can almost just float it. That big D bomb's got so much mass to it, it would just kind of float over the grass. And they started picking that up. And that may be why all of a sudden I started catching smiles when I went to that jig. Um, sure. was definitely the. T- because I could not buy a fish on a shock blade on day two. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, man, I, is there anything else you want to add about the the tournament, or uh, before we let you go? Because I know it's it, you know the signal's a little choppy sometimes, and uh, you know, but we at least wanted to have you on. I wanted to you know fight to have you on because you know when when I win a tournament or something, it, you know, it, it means a lot when those podcasts call me and I and you get to do the whole you know, the whole circle of it all. And that's what we do here, oh, on, yeah. uh, the, the reel down, the paddle and fin reel down. And, uh, you know, Jimmy, unfortunately, he's been out with COVID, so he wasn't taking yeah. care of that. And I just wanted to quickly text Amanda and just hope that you can come on. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to do this for us. But um, anyway, congratulations again on the big win. And uh, anybody else you, you want to thank or uh, anything else you want to add before we let you go? I'm uh, just thanking Hobie and Kayak City for putting me in the Hobie. Um, I've been in Hobie since day one. I, back in 2010, I bought my first PA-14, and that's all I've ever run. Um, I enjoy the pedal kayaks. I, I said when I first got one, I was like, you know what, if I had to paddle to fish, I probably wouldn't kayak fish. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that Hobie has been my has been my lifesaver as far as in this world. Oh, yeah. They are hard that, to beat, man. If, yep. Yep, they're hard to beat. <laughs> Picasso Lures has always been there. You know, that's a, that's one of my main companies that we work with. And uh, Dan Vesuvio has been great about getting us product and letting us try stuff. So definitely shout out to him. And then Dakota Lithium, they came on board. You know, Craig Storms is taking the kayak world by storm. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they power us all day on the water. So it's awesome. been a good one. And I can't wait for the TOC. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Brian, you got anything else you want to add or 
No, that's it, man. Just good luck at the TOC, and uh, thanks for taking yep. the time tonight, man. Appreciate no, I'm excited. I'm trying to drive through these fires or try and get home tonight sometime. Yeah, good deal, man. Well, y'all drive yeah. safe. Show show us Amanda. We got to wave to Amanda. It's a good job. She's over there driving. <laughs> good job, Amanda. <laughs> we, 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 love, we love Amanda Brandon. I can't wait to see her at the national championship, and yeah. uh, she does such a good job. The thing I love about her, man, you got a good girl there because she care. She just cares so deeply about the anglers in our sport, man. Yeah. It's it, you can just see it. It's she wears it on her sleeve, and I and I love that about her. So absolutely, uh, and she's just willing to listen to the anglers, and that's that means a lot because when the organizations and leagues don't want to listen to the anglers, that's that's what happened to you know you know Bass when the, the anglers yeah. left. They just felt like they weren't being listened to. And yep. I appreciate her and, and, and really all the, you know, AJ and the guys at Hobie do the same thing. And, and Bass has been uh, acceptable to feedback as well that I've been talking to them. So we really appreciate all these leagues that, that do this for us and so we can get out the air there and fish and win some nice prizes just like you did this past weekend in lacrosse. So thanks for your time, buddy. And uh, you. I guess drive safe. Catch you I later. Appreciate it. See you at the Matt. TOC, buddy. At the TOC. Hi. Good luck. <laughs> I'll be there. All right. See you. Bye. That was cool. Right on, man. Heck yeah. Hey, man, we whipped it together last minute. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, let's get your breakdown, man, because uh, I know he had some choppy signal and whatnot, but uh, I think the weather was the biggest role in this tournament. And I think something that Matthew brought up was, you know, his average fish was 16 and a half inches, whereas lacrosse wisconsin is known for producing some really big nice fish and you you saw a couple caught over the weekend but not as many as you typically do yeah and he was breaking up a little bit i think he said his average fish was 16 and a half yeah in pre-fishing or somewhere else or some i don't know maybe on the tournament i thought he had bigger ones so we'll have to go back and look at that and see if the that is average for his but maybe I don't know. I have to go look and break down the numbers. I, I thought he was saying 16 and a half was his average before, like in pre-fishing or something. I don't know. And then he found out there was bigger ones there. Maybe I don't we'll have to go back and, and dive into that. But you're right. I mean, the weather was the, the big thing, man, because in pre-fishing, everybody really was on good fish. I was on good fish. I had multiple places and, and my head was spinning on like, where am I going to go? I've got a place that's way up here, way over there, way down here. I've caught 17 inch, a seven. I never caught, found a spot where I caught multiple groups of big ones, except for that, that place I did lose the big ones I'm talking about. Sure. But every other spot, it was like, I caught lots of good numbers and then occasionally like a, a 16 or 17 and I was spinning out of where I'm going to go and what could I do? But the rain and the water came up and it kind of made my decision for me. You know, I couldn't fish some of the locations, but the one spot where I did, was my number one spot. I did uh, fish it, and I uh, yeah. Here's the get the results pulled up here. If you guys are listening on audio, the results here. But so um, day one, he had two seventeen and a quarters, two sixteens, and a sixteen yeah. and a quarter. Yep, and he was in what place with that? Like seventh or yeah. Was, and then and then day two, he had some six. bigger fish, like a seventeen and a quarter, two seventeens, a sixteen and three quarter, and a sixteen and a half. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I think it was in sixth after day one. Now and then he uh, it was second place on day two, which yeah, day one six, he, day two okay. second. All right, which is yeah, gonna equate to a win most times. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so here's my breakdown, man. 
I went to the the spot. It was a quite, you know, a ways from the access. And this isn't a, it's a very small area. My the first place I went on day one, and you can only fish it so long. It's just the fish are kind of in a small area, and and they're either, you know, once you fish it and you stop getting bites, you kind of either have to just go away and let it reset for a certain amount of time or leave, you know, and go somewhere else. And obviously being a tournament, not wanting to waste time and wait for something to reset for a while. I just, I left, but what happened first was, you know, six Oh five, you know, five minutes into the tournament, I lost and I have got on GoPro and maybe one of these days you guys will see it, but I lost a, um, like a, like, dude, it was a 20 incher. It was five pounder. Huge. It jumped. So I saw it. It's not like I, and see it and it was gigantic and uh the night before i'd restrung all my reels uh i've got some new reels and i respooled them and i tightened down the drags and i have a routine i don't forget to tighten down drags so i do that and i pull the line and this fish just started taking drags so i didn't have one of my drags set quite tight enough and um and when he did that he he actually pulled down i couldn't horse him out of a off of a, a man-made piece of structure Ooh. and he he broke me off on that piece of uh, structure. So anyway, that was a bummer. And then, uh, but I did proceed to catch uh, or hook two more big ones. One of them just came off the, the usual, just it jumped and, and the bait came out. It was a chatterbait. And, you know, you just don't know why that no one, you know, no one will ever figure it out. And that's why we love the sport. You know, pros sure. lose fish. I get, you know, the major league fishing Bassmaster pro, everyone loses fish. It's part of the game, right? It just happens. So I don't think I did anything wrong with that fish. It just came off the other one kind of similar uh i was fighting it for maybe seven seconds got it pretty close to the boat and made a turn and it pulled it was pulling really hard it was you know i was trying to horse it in i was like man i can hardly turn this thing and i it, it was fighting hard enough and put in the way it was fighting to know it wasn't a pike there's a lot yeah. of pike up there and so i was like you know usually those things just kind of come up and then they just kind of lay dead on yeah, yeah, yeah thrash yeah so i don't think it was a pike but anyway that, that was a large mouth I'm pretty sure. And uh, it just came off when it made a turn. It just came off. So I had to scrounge on uh, day one. I ended up catching three more fish in that area. So I, I had like six bites, you know, in that good spot of mine, three big ones. And then the ones I caught were not bad. It was like, I think a couple of 15s, maybe a 16 something. So decent fish, nothing, you know, huge. But then I had to uh, scrap that idea and go to another spot um, down in, I was uh, down in pool nine and uh, cause I was in pool eight to begin with pool nine next. So I went down to another spot and uh, we had done really well there pre-fishing the day before we just kind of quit and laid off of them. Right. Uh, and so I went down there knowing that other people were, you know, probably already there first. I had to kind of make a decision cause both spots are really good, but I really didn't want anybody else going to that first spot before me, you know, cause it's such a, a small, area you know you could fish it you know the other stuff's kind of like not not like a matthew brandon spot like this, my first spot's kind of like his it was like a small area just a couple casts you know and the in the other area i found the fish was more they were more spread out in a zone so i wasn't you know i would rather go to that one second you know because maybe some people sure. haven't hit the exact spots or really found them in that area so i i went over there and the water that's where i realized the water had come up in that spot it was it was a lot more stained but it wasn't it wasn't stained where you couldn't catch them. And I said, well, you know what? This is kind of a good thing because other people may have come through here. And I saw some other anglers, and they weren't having much luck. And 
they were kind of down and about the water coming up. And I, and I looked at the water clarity, man. And I'll be honest. I said, if this was March or April, we would be like just high-fiving each other when we get to the boat ramp and see water clarity that look like that. And you catch giants in, in March, April, May when you got stained water like that. And so I was like, you know what? I know fish bite in this. I put a double, a second skirt on a spinnerbait, the Z-Man sling blades. I use a second chartreuse skirt so it makes it thicker and fuller. Huh. I put a uh, Indiana blade on my spinnerbait so it gets more thump and vibration, right? So you can slow it down in a lot of those little spots that he's talking about paralleling the grass edges and the you know of the uh those grass islands and stuff like that if you're fishing or if you're fishing wood wherever you're fishing it kind of slows it down keeps it there longer i've got the a more visible bait so i was confident i could get a few fish to bite and i, I eventually did get my limit caught a 16 and a quarter smallmouth and at 245 i still had a 13 inch fish on on the stringer not great you know still you know, of course, sulking a little bit in the back of my mind about those fish earlier in the day, but trying to stay positive and just grind out what I can to give myself just a shot on day two, right? And at 245, I got bit by on a buzz bait uh, with a Z-Man. Uh, I think I had the 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 um, uh, the swimmer, no, the goats, the new goats, Z-Man oh, yeah, goats yeah, yeah. bait on the back. I had one of those on the back, and I and I and it uh, smashed it, and it was like a 15 something. So at least cold me up a couple inches to end me at 77 and a quarter not amazing but when the winner is at like 85 or the leader on day one's 85 you're not that far back you're like eight inches back and then 10th play or 11th place which was the money right the money cut was 11th place top 10 percent i believe they were only around 80 uh inches so i'm only three inches back even though i lost those you know big fish so i was kind of optimistic about that even though I was in 29th place overall, it's a, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to be close to the top 11, but man, it's amazing what you can do when it's a field is that stacked tight, you know, and with the scores. So the next day went to the first spot again. Um, another angler was there, but, you know, that was kind of, you know, unfortunate to see, but you know, they found the spot independently and, and good for them, you know, and actually good, good friends with the guy. So I wasn't like, upset and he was super friendly about it i'm not saying who it is because i don't know if he if other people knew where he was i don't really want to whatever if people knew where i was then it kind of could blow up uh this the area whatever the spot but um sure he was he was really cool and said hey uh i'm not going to throw into that because he knew where the the sweet spot was too he's i'm not going to throw you know into that area right if if you know until you say you know you've fished it and you're cool with it because because i was there on day one so he was just kind of like being nice and he didn't have to, and I really appreciate that. But I said, dude, no, let's share it. That's fine. You can kind of throw on this side, you know, out throw on that side, you know, kind of share it, split it kind of down, down the middle. And um, because he was actually further ahead on the leaderboard than me, and he, he could have had a chance to win. So, okay, you know, I was like, hey, man, I'll, I'll be happy to just share this with you, and um, we'll do it that way. I caught a 16 and a quarter and just couldn't really get anything else. And so I kind of – worked around to see if the fish had moved a little bit, worked around the area some more and uh, couldn't really locate them. And I think that the local pressure came in real heavy after day one. I noticed a lot of locals came in there and were fishing it too. And I'd already kind of beat it up. So I just left and said, you know, you guys, they, they can all have it. So between the pre, he told me he had pre-fished there, this, this kayak angler, I had pre-fished there and caught fish. He caught fish pre-fishing. I beat it up on day one. The locals came in and beat it up the rest of Saturday 
I mean, he wasn't really smashing them, and I had caught one. He caught a few there, it looked like, uh, that I noticed. I'd only caught one, but it was a 16 and a quarter, so it was a you know, solid fish. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Yeah. And I bailed, yeah, yeah. I bailed by like 7 o'clock. You know, we started at 6. By 7 o'clock, I was gone back to the ramp, and I think seven, maybe 7.30-ish I got back. I was gone. I just said, you know what? He's got a chance to win this thing. If they're there and they're going to like fire and turn on, I'll just leave it for him. It's kind of what I would want someone to do if, if I had an actual chance to win, which is, you know, not always the case, you know, after it's for sure. you know, rare after day one. And so I bailed on it and um, had in my plan. So what I did I, in my mind the night before I had predicted or, or at least thought through the scenario, what happens if I go there and the place is just spent, just burn up, the, sure. you know, nothing else is biting there. What am I going to do? Cause I don't want to go back to the spot I moved to the day before because man, it was, I was scrounging to get just a few bites, you know, maybe four or five that I caught there. And if it wasn't for that fish at two forty-five, I mean, I really wouldn't have had, but what 75 inches and been like, yeah. You know. So anyway, I knew that it wasn't like the big fish weren't happening there. So I decided I would uh, go on Google earth pro and I would re-scour the whole area, pools like eight and nine pretty much, of anywhere that I could put in with my little uh, Crescent Ultralight kayak, that 49-pound little boat I use uh, for just throw-and-go situations. Sure. I, I pinned about 15 spots that, that I saw a actual high-percentage target within like a quarter or half-mile paddle to a specific spot that I thought was very high-percentage and so I just went pre-fishing, fishing new stuff from 7.30 a.m. on. And I spent more time <laughs> in my Toyota Tacoma that day than I did on the water fishing. And I drove in it. So it's a scary feeling, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Because to I've have been one, there, man. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Having one fish and just getting in the truck and going to all new water. I mean, it was very scary. But I caught good fish pre-fishing doing that way and just going to new places. Sure. And, and none of the stuff was really fishable anymore. That, so I said, well, I'm going to go and just – find the water that looks right. And, and, you know, if it does, I'll put in real quick. And I believe, uh, I went to all like about 15 of them and I put in, I think five or six times. Uh, well, okay. if, you count the, if you count the first time, the first spot sure. and, uh, at 10 30, I finally caught uh, a second fish, a, set, a 17 inch smallmouth under like a culvert. I just was like, Hey, I'm gonna go over here, throw into this. I, I caught him and there was, it was real small <laughs> and yeah. small little. And so nothing else was there. That was it. I caught one. And then I was like, I'm back out back on the road again. So I got two fish. I think I caught a third at one of my spots at like 1230. So I've got three couple hours left to, to, to catch two more, but they're the right kind. I mean, it's a 16 right, and a right, quarter, right. a 17. So I was very optimistic. That's good fish. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. 16 and a quarter, a 17 and a 15. So it's like, they're not bad. And, Gen the rule of thumb for tournaments, at least this is my rule of thumb. I think it's fairly accurate. Uh, somebody can chime in or, or send us a message, message to the show and tell me if I'm wrong. But if you do the exact same amount on day one to day two, so if I did 77 and a quarter again, generally you would move up 50%. So if I was 29th after day one, I did the same thing. I'd probably be around 15th or 16th place sure. or 15th, 14th or 15th place. So I thought, Man, I got two, I got good fish. If I can just get two more, I might be able to do something. So uh, I think it was one thirty. Uh, I ended up 
finally putting it at that spot where I caught the 15 inch smallmouth, and I ended up uh, looking at the clock and looking at my next the next pin on the map, and it was like a 30 minute drive away, and I said. That's too far. I'm going to live or die in this area here. I'm going to go out to the, actually go out now across the main river channel and fish the islands in the middle. And there's either going to be bass there and the water's going to be not too, too stained or whatever, not too. Sure. The problem, I don't know if you've heard this, so we didn't talk about it. The biggest problem with the water rising wasn't even the color. It was that it tore up all the eelgrass and duckweed and everything in the river. And you could barely make a cast without getting eelgrass. On oh, the I didn't and, hear that. Yeah. And duckweed was filling in up against all the banks so you hardly had any clean bank to actually fish it was very huh. frustrating so i was like i'm gonna live or die <sighs> going out to the middle and either it's either gonna be fishable or and i'm gonna find some bass or i'm gonna be stuck on three fish but like i said i caught one uh, on a spinnerbait at like 130 and then ended up catching uh again this is kind of ironic but at 245 you know 244 I still have four fish. I have 15 minutes left, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die out here with with four fish and not make it. And uh, my gamble is is not gonna pay off. But at 2:45 again, I got hit on that in that spinner bait with a, a 17 and a quarter inch largemouth, which turned out to nice. be my uh, biggest fish of the day. So now I got a couple over 17, a 16 and a quarter. I mean, a 17 inch even and a 17 and a quarter, a 16 and a quarter, a couple 15s. I have 80, 80 and a half inches, which was like probably sixth or seventh or eighth place, something like that. Eighth place on day one. I don't know what it was, somewhere around there. So I'm thinking, hey, I might, I might have a chance to be in the money because if if 77 and a quarter, doubling it, you know, two days would have got me probably usually around 14th or 15th. Maybe I'm at up to 11th or 10th or 11th. And, uh, you know, I, I'm dilly dallying around, submitting my photos on a sandbar, just paddling back slowly. Not thinking, and I'm an hour away. I'm a long way away from across. All of a sudden, I get a text at like, th- you know, three fifty-six. You know, hey, we we need you back. You're in the, you know, from AJ. You're one of the guys that's top, uh, top ten percent. So come on back. And I, I was just shocked, man, that I made it. Uh, cast a check because I had a good streak go. I've got a pretty good streak going where I've cashed checks in eight of the nine Hobie BOS events I've fished, which that's is pretty awesome, crazy. Man. It's pretty, yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, but I wanted to tell the story about how much of a struggle it was for me so that, and I posted this on Facebook and Instagram with this story uh, and the recap because I wanted to encourage people because I think people look at my stats and they see the AOI and they see how, the consistency and they think, man, it sure must be easy for that guy. You know what I mean? Like he just, yeah, right, right. just catches him wherever. And it's not. I've had multiple tournaments that ended very similar to this where I just – I got on something late. I made a decision that just changed everything and it worked out. And part of it's, you know, experience and instinct. But, um, but I just wanted to encourage people and the listeners here that you're a lot closer than you think you are. Because I mean, I, I was nearly both days. I nearly was, I mean, you know, way, way, had way less than I ended up having if I didn't get bit 15 minutes till. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to encourage you guys out there and keep at it. Cause you're, you're, closer than you think i'm sure and and like likewise you're probably closer to a win uh you know if you've kind of been doing okay but not quite ever really cashing checks or winning um you know you're you're definitely closer to a win than you think too so yeah hang, hang in there well it's it's a thing too right like never give up because you know yep. it, you just never know when you're gonna get bit and it only takes a few minutes to uh yeah catch that winning fish or 
that fish that puts you in the money and uh you just never know if i pre-fish my butt off on the second tournament day just practice the whole you know as, as much as i can i could find one of those spots and you could find one of those spots at 230 sure, sure 245 sure, sure. and he said he caught a fish every cast so yeah for and he caught like 120 fish so <laughs> you why like it's never over until you've just given up, you know, or, or the time's finally up, you know? So, um, you can sulk. And I said this on my post, like, you know, you can sulk and you can think about what excuses you're going to say to whatever friends or people or, sure. or, or following you have, you know, you can, right. you could do that when it's lines out and you actually have to maybe think about, you know, what, what happened or where did it go wrong? But until then, like, keep your head down, keep grinding, you know, I just said a little prayer and just kind of calm myself down, you know, after day one, losing those three big fish. Cause, cause now in hindsight, you're looking at it, you know, I, I, I could have maybe had a shot to, to win, you know, with those three sure. big ones, you, you add, yeah. you add an 18, two 18s and a 20. If I land them, if, if the others were that big, which I feel like they were, but I also could be completely wrong. But anyway, so I'm taking yeah, the positive, I mean, you're, positive. You're adding, you know, almost 10 inches to your score total you know, with those yeah, three that's, fish. That's true. And I think I lost, uh, well, not lost, but I mean, I think I was about 10 inches behind. So yeah, if those fish weren't now, the, the one I didn't see, I he thrashed and came up and he turned, he pulled real hard and I felt him so good because I could not turn him. The other one, the other two both jumped. So I saw him, but anyway, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, the, everybody loses fish. That's part of fishing. So yep. I just happened happen to have a, a, a bad little string there, but it's going to happen to everybody at some point. But, uh, that's why you just keep going. You know, Tiger Woods didn't win every tournament he, you know, he was in and individual sports are going to have a big fluctuation, which is why, you know, when you are consistent enough to win an AOI, that's like, that is the more, the most coveted, I think title in, in like the Bassmaster elite series or major league fishing or whatever, because you know, the AOI is it's harder because being consistent in fishing is harder than having one, find, having one good day or finding one good spot like Matthew did on one fishery or uh, like, like uh, you know, a lot of guys who win, it's usually something like that magical. I mean, just so magical and different one magical place and spot. So uh, it's harder to be consistent for sure over a course of an entire season. Um, but anyway, that's uh that's kind of my update, man. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back there and uh, hopefully have a little bit more stable conditions next time where we don't have to scramble. But, but the good news is too, plus I've seen a lot more because I went and basically practiced on uh, the last day of the tournament. So I enjoyed uh, my first time up there. Right on, man. So let me ask you this, because I'm always curious. You know, anytime there's a tournament in lacrosse, it's pools seven, eight, and nine. It, and it's always everybody focuses on pools eight and nine. Is there any reason why you didn't fish pool seven? I pre-fished pool seven. Uh, I did, but I, I knew the Black River area had gotten blown out uh, because it flooded uh the river gauges were showing that river being pretty darn like it was supposed to hit a flood stage. I think, uh, some, someone told me, I think Cody, yeah, Cody Prather was telling me that. And, uh, I looked at the gauges and it, it was super high and I said, well, that's going to be blown out. A lot of that water coming from over there. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't have, but one day up there, I caught fish there. I did lose a couple that I could never confirmed if they were bass. I lost a couple and they were in spots that usually bass would be. And it was very much a mystery to me, you know, whether or not the ones I lost were big or not. So, uh, but I didn't, it didn't matter because it was blown out anyway. And I had spots that I definitely saw or landed the bigger ones. Uh, I like pool seven and a lot of the, the, the pros and people that, 
fish that um, fishery, they all love pool seven. They say pool seven is, is where it's at. And I know people in the top 10 were in pool seven. Uh, one of the guys that the guy that I believe that led on day one, 85 inches or whatever it was, he was in pool seven. He, he told us uh, on I'm pretty sure he did on uh, uh, the results at, at the, you know, the Hobie BOS results show there. So, seven's great uh i just happened to also be staying further south i was i was actually in iowa where the airbnb was so i just happened to be a little bit closer to those uh pools eight and nine and um and that's kind of what made my decision you know okay all right right on but i want to get into seven i'm i'm just always curious man because uh it seems like that gets overlooked a lot and there there is some uh good fishing in there Oh, heck yeah. Um, for, no doubt about it, man. And, and I, I like the way, you know, the water looks and I got a lot of bites. So I think it's going to be the, the cool thing about lacrosse. I think it could be one of any, any pool. It's not like there's one pool that really has been dominating. I wish we could have the stats that showed which pool everybody was in, but I know no one would, not everyone would give up that information, but uh, sure. that'd be cool. That'd be cool to know because I, I really don't think you'd see, a big, like, like one dominating. I really don't because in pool eight, it gets more pressure probably because it's right there in lacrosse and people don't want to run in bass boat tournaments at the tournaments out of lacrosse. They don't always want to waste the time locking through. Even if they do, they lock back to, you know, and fish in pool eight some before they, they go in, it gets more pressure. But if people are going to pool nine and pool seven and bring in bass to pool eight that, for local tournaments, or whatever, and releasing them all in pool eight because the tournaments are out of lacrosse, then then there's probably more bass in pool eight. You know what I mean? It's sure they're they're kind of getting stocked in pool eight because they're not going to obviously move between the pools. Uh, so you know that's that's what's nice about pool eight. And then pool seven, it's you kind of up there, out of the way a little bit more, and you know it got a lot of good numbers of fish. And then pool nine is the same thing, flow further away and. You know, I don't know, man, but uh, it was a it was a wild event. What I thought was cool about it, though, is on on stage when people were talking, and I was talking to Ken Morris about this. I was like, "This is crazy how everybody got to the top." Okay, you've got uh, you know, Guillermo, Jay Wallen. Some people were saying they locked a frog in their hand and were so shallow. And if you looked at Guillermo's boat, like when he took out uh, on day one when I, we were taking out at the same place, and his boat was covered in duckweed. The whole thing was just covered in, in stuff. And I said, man, your boat looks like, like a Drew Gregory boat, you know, after a day <laughs> fishing. Cause yeah, people give like, you know, give like comments and uh, all the time about, you know, my photos, my fish photos, you know, in tournaments and uh, the sticks and the limbs and the branches and the weeds and everything. It's always my boat. Anyway, um, he was, they were frogging. A lot of guys were frogging largemouth, super shallow. Now a lot of guy, other people were saying, I caught him in current seam, you know, uh, like like Matthew, like current seams, or other people were saying they were in, um, you know, like the in the wood off of wood, and it was just a lot of different guys catching them a lot of different ways. Main River, oh, I was catching on the Main River, and then other people were like, oh, I was, you know, I found a creek that was flowing in. There was some, you know, some of those rivers that come in like the Black River didn't didn't play, but there are other rivers too. So most of them were blown out, but people were catching them in all the, the tribs. I mean, it's just everywhere. You, you just got to find what style of fishing you like to do. 
and go with that. Russ Snyder's and, and Kate Field, they were like, I was in a ditch in the middle of nowhere. So they are moving. Yeah. I think they were probably somewhere where the water has gotten up high now at the lower end of the pools where you, sure. just have, you just have reeds in the water, no true islands, no true trees anymore. It's just, and they're talking about a, a man, uh, either, a, I don't know if it was a, a natural ditch or a man-made ditch, but when, when someone says they're in a ditch in the middle of nowhere, and it was like, I think Russ or someone said it was like 10 foot deep uh, ditch or something out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that just tells me that's like, because because other people were saying they caught them in the reeds and that were flooded like that, the reeds. So now we're, we've got actual islands with current, all uh, the grass lines, like Matthew was talking about, the current seams, the grass lines. You got the backwaters with the pads and the, the vegetation, the frogs. Then you got the actual real true lake part of the pools, right? That right. Are, that right. are uh, reed lines and people just kind of stumbling on, you know, pads and milfoil and different grass that kind of mix together where they kind of happen to, to like. It's just so many different things you can do there, which is what I was intrigued. You know, you can find something that that you like, you know, fits your style. Yeah, so, that's cool. Um, but, hey, man, I got this pulled up uh, because Susie, Susie Q is doing a good job for us. Nice. And she's got the uh, – the fantasy stats updated, even including the, the lacrosse winnings. So I don't know if uh, I could just read it out uh, real quick, but Russ got second place. He's up to $29,000, which is pretty cool. And Jody's at 25. And But anyway, I want to give you the update on that, that it's all yeah. everyone out there playing the fantasy game. It's up to date as of lacrosse. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I'm up to 13,594. So I'm in two, three, four. Sixth place in the money list, so not bad, not bad. Nice. Guillermo made some money. He moved up into like eighth. Uh, so yeah, it was a good, good event for a lot of folks. And Adam Riser had a really good event. Um, yep. Kate, like I said, Kate Field. So congrats, Kate. You know, I, I've said this on my post. Like, you know, you beat me, you got me uh, on this one. <laughs> I know you've been, you made it public before on the the Paddle and Finn show that you wanted to, to beat me. And she just a big shout out to her. She came back from. She won the Dakota Lithium Power Move. She came back uh, and jumped more spots than anybody else uh, yeah. from day one to day two, and and you know she found one of those spots and just was tearing them up. So, congrats to her because she's put in a lot of time and heck yeah, you can see what happens because she's committed to doing this now full time. So you can imagine, you know, you better get better pretty quick if you're like fishing every day and learning. Otherwise, you know, might need to find something else to do and and you know, good on her that she has gotten a lot better from, Oh yeah. You know, a couple, a couple years ago to now. And so I say that to say, you know, she's, I know she's got a third place uh, at Champlain. She was third at this one. She was like seventh. She had six, another really, really or six, yeah, six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So uh, she had another good finish, I believe on Dardanelle or something. So she's right up there. In the AOI, I don't know where, maybe, you know, top 10 or, or something like that, but yeah, Guillermo, yeah, I was yep, just yep. looking at it. They don't have it updated with lacrosse. She was sitting in, uh, I believe it was 14th or 15th. Yeah. Um, she so she'll, she'll probably get bumped up into that top 10 list. For, for sure, sure, man. Adam Reiser, Russ just made a big move. So he's kind of up there uh, with with my, uh, Ewing and myself and Brian Howe. Yep. He's right behind us. Uh, he'll probably have like two or what is it? Yeah, 291 now. And it, Brian and I have 294. And then Ewing's yep. at, at uh, the 298 but but it really doesn't matter if you're within you know just anybody that has like 280 280 something probably is in uh, has a chance to win 
AOI. Now, if you're further down, you got to win the whole thing. But the way it works, if you're a listener, you don't know the Hobie TOC. Um, it's not double points. I believe it's um, they just go down. What is it? I think everybody gets. Uh, yeah, here's how it works. They go down instead of going 100 for a win. 200 for, I mean, sorry, 100 for a win, 99 for second, 98 for third, 97 in points. I believe it's 100 for a win, 98, 96, 90. So the gaps are a little bit bigger. So in other words, okay. you can make a, you can make a bigger move because everybody is going to be there at, you know, obviously at this event and, you know, the other events you can, you know, you're not fishing against everybody all the time. Right. Cause I, I'm not everyone like Ewing's not everyone. Russ, Jody. The cool thing about the TOC is like no one can hide from this finish. This is the finish that for sure goes on your count of your other three tournaments yep. that count for your AOI. So it's it's really you know because you can hide on a, a bad finish away during the season. It's you know you can do that, but the the TOC you can't, and it goes by two point increments. So if you win, if you're at two, um, you know or whatever it is, like two eighty. Let's see if I can see. What is it on the, what's that on the right? The three is it? Oh, there we uh, go. Yeah, so the Where, top now three. Now I see it. Now I see it. Yeah, yeah. Two ninety. Okay, so if someone's at, yeah, if someone's like in the two eighty range and up, I think they're gonna have a chance. But here's what's cool: uh, Guillermo just moved up, probably in that close in that range. I believe. I mean, he was he he's currently tied for tenth. Yeah, he's got with some good two sixty five with Adam Riser and Jay Wallen. So all yeah, three of those guys exactly finished in the top ten, and they'll be moving up. I mean, and Kate's right there too. So yeah, like you said, look, tenth yep. play. So tenth, 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 and thirteenth because there was a tie for tenth. All just got top, you know, like six finishes, six or seven. So they just got great points. Anyway, guys, this is just to say that this year the TOC I think is going to be even tighter for this AOI race because there's going to be more people in it. Plus there's one more tournament left on Pickwick that people yep. are going to possibly get a good finish. I'm not going to that one. Um, I'm going to actually be heading to, I'm only home for a few days. I'm heading down to Kentucky Lake for the KBF trail series on Kentucky Lake. Cause I want uh, to, to call out one, one more finish. I need to get rid of on the KBF trail series. Cause I'm probably in I don't know, 16th, 17th, 18th place for the AOI. I'm, I'm right there to make the 10 with a good championship. Now I got a second and a fourth, and I just need to get rid of a 17th place finish. So I'm shooting for something better than 17th on Kentucky Lake. I'm going with no practice, no pre-fishing, just driving down. You know, I had to spend spend time with the family here and uh, do the whole family thing this week. So I couldn't be gone for you know from lacrosse straight into Kentucky Lake pre-fishing and, and all that. Sure. But I'm excited, man. So that's that's what I'm up to. And Sweet. Yeah. It's heck yeah. What else man. you got? Anything else, man? Or uh just one last thing. I and again, you know, Jimmy's out with COVID, so uh thoughts with him. I know I talked to him yesterday and he's getting For much sure. better. So he should hopefully be back next week. So I don't have any of the smaller tournament recaps. Uh but one tournament that's coming up of note is um the second annual Heroes on the Water Jim Dolan Tournament. Uh, it's a month-long, four regions. It's September 11th through October 10th. And, uh, you know, just a benefit tournament for Heroes on the Water in nice. uh, J- Jim Nolan's name. Uh, I forget what the entry fee is. It's cheap. I uh, know that much. But, um, you know, get signed up. It, they're running it through iAngler. 
So uh, you won't find it on Tourney X. It is on iAngler, and it's 50 bucks. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Always a good cause, the Heroes on the Water thing. So, Yeah, absolutely, man. Very good cause. So you guys go get signed up for that. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else either, man. That was a, a fun do event. You ha- do you have show. the current leaderboard for um, the, oh, for the yeah for the fantasy for yeah yeah for yeah yeah guys? Let me look playing. at it. Yeah, let's see if I can. What the heck? I went to the wrong. I know right. you listed off it. the money list. Yeah, let's see if I can find that. I don't know if I can every time we like, here we go. The teams. Okay. Here, I have to click on teams. That's my problem. All right. Let's see what it is now. Now my internet's just going slow for some reason. That's because you want something. Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Current one. Ah, it's not pulling up for some reason. I don't know why, dude. Okay, no sweat. We could always post it up on the Facebook page and kind of go from there. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's not coming up. All right, well, yeah, let's just yeah, just try. We'll post it there. Right on. Yes, shout out to Susie for uh, keeping that all up to date and uh, getting it uh, all refreshed for you guys that are following along. So uh, keep following along, and uh, those of you that missed out this year, get ready for next year. So um, absolutely. Yeah, man. Good luck at Kentucky Lake. Thanks, man. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I, I've got a little history there from the national championships in years past where I did well, but that was in March, and this is in a sure. you know, different time of year. So and we'll just have to see if uh, if any history still holds true or, or if I just have to go explore and find something new again. But right on. it should be a good time. So I appreciate you Very guys, cool. and good show, yeah, guys, man. and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Peace out.